0: And I get f-ed by Yahoo every year, like I. And he scored thirty three on the first night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I was like, yeah. and I said, I said, you're welcome for the motivation, brother.
1: Welcome to Rogue Bows Basketball Podcast. Another week, and just a reminder: we'll be going every two weeks from here on out. Um, much to Pro's disdain, but that's what we'll be doing. Uh, first NBA week in the books. A lot of news, Pro, to get through. What's going on? You been watching some games?
0: Yeah, yeah. First week was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Watched the Lakers a couple of times, Celtics, Spurs, you know, uh, Pacers, bunch of teams. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's first week. It's typical. You know, you get your Philly drama, you get all this stuff going, so it's always interesting to listen to. Yeah,
1: it's always hard to gauge the honeymoon period, as we call it. Everyone's. Unless, unless you're the Bulls, which we'll get, get into a little bit in a second, but for the most part, it's a honeymoon period for everyone. Everyone likes each other. Uh, we need a couple of losing road trips and long road trips and guys' bodies hurting until you see the real true colors of most teams. But let's just open with the viewership pro. Uh, our, our good friend Strauss in the group chat we're in, he's big on this stuff and an interesting disparity in the reporting of the viewership. Um, Tuesday opening night, doubleheader on TNT, averaged 2.78 million viewers the least watched opening night in nine years and the second worst in 15 years, pro. But we know the NBA loves good PR and a day later they've now said the first three nights of the NBA season averaged 2.57 million viewers across TNT and ESPN up 13% from last year and the highest three night average since 2017, pro. So it's not like the NBA to, to have a bad opening night and then put out a PR puff piece, but uh, our friend Strauss kind of it, has it right to an extent. He's, you know, he's claiming that viewership's dropping, and will the NBA have that open bag of money come another year or two's time negotiating a broadcast deal?
0: Bogues, you know, I tend never, ever, ever to fucking believe any poll that's given or any stat that's given as far as that stuff's concerned. It's always like you you hear a stat and then you're like oh wow well, that's great and then there's five other stats on the internet that just basically goes against what you just read and <laughs> yeah. you don't know what to believe there's so much misinformation on stuff and I don't I don't care what the news source or the source of the information is I'm always a little wary of it um yeah I, i'm what do you think do you think that the viewership is truly down you think it's truly up um i i, I know what you probably think but like what, what do you think of all this stuff? I don't pay attention to it as much as you and Strauss does, but um, I mean, I do see some things here and there. But again, like how much on the internet do you believe? How much on social media do you believe? Well, it's, How it's much a, on these other sources hard. do you believe? It is hard. I think the
2: opening night was against the baseball conference finals. Is that correct? I don't know. Was, I, think I, the, I believe so. Yeah.
1: So they'll go on against other, other, other sports that are at the tail end of their season. You know, the thing with the NBA is, and, 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 you know, Strauss and other people want to compare it to the NFL. The NBA is a global game. NFL, not not as much, Um, but, you know, you factor in China, you factor in India, you factor in the Philippines, Europe, even Australia to an extent, a smaller population, but a lot of people pay for league pass in Australia legally, <laughs> unlike a lot of other countries. Yeah. But I think the NBA is fine from that aspect, but, it's, but we're talking about more, I guess, The broadcast rights, that's what's that's what's inflated this CBA to having Jalen Brown be paid sixty-nine million dollars in the final year of his deal. A huge part of that is because of the broadcast revenue coming in. Is that sustainable? I don't think so. I don't think you can keep paying players, you know, 70 and that that you know, five years' time that goes up to 80. Like that that kind of money is insane per year, right? So I think that's gonna eventually balance out plateau a little bit and maybe even come back down. But I think, you know, where I disagree with Strauss a little bit is I I think the NBA as the NFL and and, and sports in general, they're the last beacon of live advertising, right? Like so if you're watching Netflix, if you're watching YouTube, if you're watching whatever, if you're watching, you know, things on delay, you can fast forward through the ads, you can skip the ads, you can buy the premium service. So advertisers, that pisses them off, right? Because they're not getting able to force feed you what they're advertising. If you're watching something that's live, you can't fast forward through the mm. shit. So you have to watch the ads. You have right. to watch the shit that pops up. So it's still very valuable from that aspect of broadcast when you factor in the advertising. So do I see it going you know, downhill quick? No. Do I see streaming services paying for it? No. I think that's a bit of fluff to get their value up. I think ESPN and the NBA need each other. They need each other, same as ABC, TNT. They need each other, and it's the last beacon of live advertising. So I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but I do agree that Th- these numbers being thrown around because of future broadcast projected deals, there has to be a ceiling to that shit eventually.
0: If you're be- Bezos and and like a- Amazon, do you? I mean, do you not care to a certain degree with how much money he has, on top of like just wanting that broadcast rights just for Amazon's you know power, you know? However, they have to acquire it. Would you be hot to trot? Even if the numbers are just okay, just to get the broadcast rights, because obviously we're seeing that a little bit in football, where they've got a bunch of games on their package. I mean, you, you know, if you're if you're Amazon, do you just say the hell with it? I'm just going after it, regardless of what my numbers are telling me. I mean, these these numbers you're, you're seeing with the the next deal is insane. You know, and what what it's gonna do to inflate salary to max contracts and things like that and, and minimum contracts. We're at ten million now. I mean, imagine that that new money coming into the BRI, what that's gonna do to a max contract, like a first max contract's like thirty somehow million dollars a year. I mean, that's probably gonna bring that into the forties, you know, close to uh, on the first max contract, and then that that minimum salary, I mean that that um, average salary is going to go from like ten million, I don't know, what like 14 million bucks for an average player, and like an average player's salary. Mm. That's insane. But and your max, I don't max know is how push hundreds. Figure.
1: You know, your your Supermax yeah. is a super max, because The super max, yeah. Four year, four year, three hundred ninety million. You know, like it's just. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Does Amazon go all out? I don't know what Basel's position is on that. I haven't read too much into it. But then, you know, there's murky waters. If they're exclusive to Amazon, Amazon's running through the app. What happens to the NBA League Pass app? If that does happen, though, Pro, I think it's a death. I mean, we're already seeing a slow death of cable TV and subscription services as far as cable goes. But it's going to be the death of those companies. And and ESPN's going to be in big trouble with that. Disney's taking a huge shit. They're doing horribly as far as a Disney product. So ESPN's really their only last branch. that's still doing well in that company right now. Um, it's a whole story for another day with all the kids' stuff they're putting out that, that's become political and whatnot, people turning off and, k- and parents cutting the cord off Disney. But, yeah, I, I did, it's very, very interesting to see where it goes. I, I kind of follow it just to see because it has ramifications on, mm-hmm. on player salary and cap. But we'll continue to watch this space. I just like the fact that the NBA put out a – probably the first time in NBA history they've put out a three-day viewership um, – <laughs> You Know, like, I, think uh, anything, yeah, I think they're doing
0: anything. I think they're doing anything to push, of course, positivity t- for this money to this new. I mean, why wouldn't they? Right? I of mean, course. That's, that's their biggest piece of revenue that they have in the BRI, right? Like, so yeah, it's I don't like don't you think said they're, it's they're like our, on, our
1: highest rating Monday <laughs> in 2023, yeah,
0: 23. On, <laughs> yeah like, on an odd year, yeah, on a, le- on a leap year. You know. We've
1: never seen these numbers before, but
0: anyway, trust no, me, they're not relying. The BRI is not relying on fucking Washington's fucking ticket sales. So they need this TV deal. 100%. Man. Yeah, I totally agree. 100%. But I think, look, yeah. I
1: still think even with a, an average deal from from the American side of broadcasting and apps, they'll be fine just because you're not factoring in China, you're not factoring in the rest of the world and all that. So they'll, they'll be okay. No right. team of the week this week. We're going to let things just settle um, because, you know, it's a honeymoon period. So you want to- three games in. Yeah, mm-hmm. really want to get into the grind. We'll see how that goes. Moving on to some news, uh, 10-day absence for James Harden to date. He's now wanting to report back because he's obviously going to get fined and whatnot, and they told him to stay home and probably get in shape. That's probably the right decision as far as Philly
2: goes. Um, nothing really changed over there as far as getting something done, you think, bro? You
0: know, Bogues, as this soap opera keeps on coming in, if you're the other teams trying to get him, look, he's got. he's like John Wall He's sort of like this year's John Wall, right? No one really wants him. You know, at his number, with the drama that goes with him, there's a couple of teams, obviously, the Clippers being one of them. And I think that this hurts. I think the more that he's out, the more drama that's with it. I I think that, you know, teams aren't going to be as – like, LA's probably going to be, hey, look, we're going to draw this thing out because LA's going to be good anyway. So they don't, they, I think Harden's good, even though he doesn't put up traditionally, he doesn't put up great numbers in the playoffs. I think that they're going to be like, look, the more this goes on, the less we have to give him in this deal, because they're going to, the, the only thing is, the only issue though with Philly is they're playing great without him. So, you know, as far as like what you see in the game. I don't think this this deal is going to be pushed anytime soon. I think it's going to be a little while. That being said, it'll probably be done tomorrow. If I'm saying it's not, but what do you see? What do you see in that box?
1: Oh, just the stalemate. Uh, they they need him to be in, in shape as well, obviously, before they put him out on the court. Mm-hmm. So whether he plays, do you think he plays it? Uh, do you think he suits up for Philly this season? Actually, suits up for I'm, a game.
0: Like what play, suits, up plays, suits up and plays.
1: Suits up and plays. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: My gut's telling me that they're gonna come to a stalemate, and then like if it's not done in another week or ten days, they're gonna be like, "Hey, look, we want you out. We want you out of here, but you need to bring in value, so we need you to play. We need to put up numbers, and then we get you out." I I think he plays for Philly, and then I think he'll probably get moved. Now, does he get moved to the Clippers? I don't know. Does another team? You know, Kendrick Perkins. I don't tend to. I don't tend to quote perk that often. But he did say something that that was marginally, you know, like made sense. That maybe the Lakers wait until tr- like December fifteenth, and you could deal DeAngelo Russell, and maybe he goes to the Lakers. I mean, imagine putting AD now. LeBron and him will be interesting with two guys that need the ball, but you know, it it, it gives them another guy that gives them a little more than Russell. So maybe the Lakers are another team, but. I think he plays for the Clippers. I think he plays for Philly. And I think they, they they ramp him up a little bit, and then they work out some type of a deal. I I do think he'll play for Philly. What do you think? Yeah,
1: he has. To. I think eventually he has to. Uh, it's just a matter of time yeah. because you can't you can't keep stalemating this. I've also seen a few people. I think Perkins, a few other people have also said he he's got to be careful that he's not the next Carmelo Anthony. And I kind of said that about a month ago. That you know, you start doing this stuff too much. All of a sudden you've got that, that, that stain on your name, that label young teams aren't going to want to bring you in, you know, because like, we don't want that poison around young guys, M- middle tier teams are like, uh, maybe it puts us over the top, maybe it doesn't. And then you, your, top end championship aspirations are like, is he going to take a role? So you don't want to be that, that guy. And I think that's a valid point. So we'll watch that space, but I, I hope to see him on Philly to play just to, to see where that roster yeah. is. I mean, Philly looked okay to date. Um, but yeah, you know that that style, mate, that relationship isn't getting repaired overnight. Pro, our first non-binary referee. Um, did you celebrate that momentous day in NBA
2: history pro?
0: Folks, you know me and the whole first person to do this or first team to do this. I'm not a fan of it as far as that's concerned. Hey, look, if you're not all I care about is do you know what the defense of three seconds is? They're gonna call the charge <laughs> versus agree. block you know what a foul is? you know how to call it travel? You know what I want to see? I want to see the first non-binary referee in 10 years. I want, to, I want them to say, you know what? 10-year anniversary of boom. I'm okay with that. Longevity things I'm okay with. I don't really care about any time a stat comes up or a thing comes up, the first this person or the first team to do this, I tend to roll my eyes at it. So I don't really care either way. It doesn't really affect my day. How about you, oh, It doesn't it affect my day. day. I just Lots think it's mind.
1: a pointless thing to announce. Yeah. Like someone's sexuality related to whether they yeah. coach, play, ref is just absolute, absolutely stupid in my opinion because we're not uh, – have we polled all the other referees, Pro, and asked them who they like to bang and what they like to do and who they like to date and how they feel sexually? No, we we probably haven't and we shouldn't. It's no one's business. I get it. There's people saying that, you know, it's it's part of – um, normalizing um, this kind of stuff so they don't get bullied and that we see more people that other trans people can now feel comfortable coming out. Totally get that but I just don't think we want to be in a point in society where you know um, what you're doing in the bedroom or what you identify as a sexually needs to be the first thing that's celebrated. I think celebrate that you're a great referee um, and then mm-hmm. if something else comes out of that interview that oh wow non-binary also cool like, but that's the first thing you know and Leagues all around the world and, and and people all around the world are so desperate for, for all this all this PR stuff um, around this kind of sexuality stuff and I think it's just gone over the top. That's my opinion. I don't know if people disagree with it, but I just thought it was a it was a nothing burger and it's no one's business. But uh, Shay Flores now Shay is one letter away from having the first name she. So <laughs> close miss there when you when you come non-binary. For, but, there's uh, another first that could be another, another first, first. Yeah, so. But um, all the best to her, like, you know, like Pro said, as long as you can referee, I don't think people really care too much that, uh, you know, that you're non-binary or whatever sexuality you are. So good luck to Shay, uh, The Chicago Bulls Pro, quickest player-only meeting in NBA history. Has to be the quickest. <laughs> one,
2: one game in, <laughs> lost to the Thunder, players-only meeting, Pro.
0: Their season started officially. Season officially starts, as I like to say, Bogues. You don't start an NBA season until it's a, a players-only meeting, Bogues, You, you know my feelings on this. I don't think anything ever gets done in a players-only meeting. I don't think players ever tell the truth. I think, you know, very rarely it's all lip service. I think it's just they just do it to do it. And, um, I mean, I don't know how much you want to get ironed out one game in. I mean, what 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 can you possibly do? Doesn't look great for Billy Donovan if, if they're having a player's only meeting in one game where, like, they're going to, you know, you know where that goes, especially on bad teams. They're not a good team. They they aren't. They have, they're a collection of players. They're not a team team. And you know how it's going to go. They're going to throw him under the bus at some point if they don't get it rectified. But one game in, come on, man. I mean, you know. I just think I think the the hijinks has to stop at some point, and just man the fuck up and play and just and just figure some things out. But what are your thoughts? I mean, you've been through it a lot. I'm sure you've been a few in a few of those. Yeah. What, what do you think about these player only meetings? And then obviously how quickly it was done? What What do you think?
1: How quickly it's done is ridiculous. I mean, you just got out of training camp and you're already having a players-only meeting. I mean, they're not really picked to do much anyway. They have some good veteran players. Levine obviously had a 50 ball with no assists, I think, which is something you don't see very often. But, yeah, I just – No, you don't. I just – I don't like their squad anyway. I didn't think they were going to be very good. But, yeah, it's – Escape, it's going to scapegoat the coach. I mean, they're they're going to they're going to go after the coach, and this is looking horrible for the coach. That one game in, they're already doing this because the front office is going to be like, "Hang on, what's what's the coach doing? What's going on?" I've had these meetings. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, pro. I think for the most part, if they don't end up in blows, there's not a lot of truth in them, um, and guys aren't going to say what they really feel because they're scared of that it ends up in blows, um, and it ends up being a bitch session about the coaches mainly um, the ones that I've been involved in where I'm getting screwed or you're getting screwed. Oh yeah, man, well if coach did this for you, I'd, I'd look better and then we'd look better. And then it ends up being a party, a party of a uh, party players just trying to, you know, agree with each other that coach sucks. Um, there's usually some players that will remain completely silent and not say anything. And then there's ones that talk a lot and want to fight anyone that disagrees with them. So they, they are pretty pointless for the most part, but it's just interesting that it happened one game in. So We'll watch that space, but I'm not. I'm, we're both not high on the Bulls for numerous reasons. They'll, they'll win. They'll win a little bit of games, but they. I think they'll be scratching. Maybe they get into playing if they're lucky, but other than that, I don't think they're going to be very, very good. The All Star Game is back. Pro is that a? You know the news that we've had today. You know non-binary ref. Um, exciting news. All Star Game is back. I, I bet you're excited for that one, Pro. It's back to the East versus West. Four full quarters. No shenanigans. No bullshit. We're just going to play a proper basketball game. Surely that 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 you know, changes all the negativity around the All-Star game.
0: Of course. And now, I mean, instead of texting me um, Team Giannis score versus Team LeBron score, you could just text me East versus West score because I don't care either way. I think I think the All-Star game is done and over and buried. Um, I don't think there's anything you can do to it. But, hey, going back to East versus West, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and the only good thing is you don't have this fake-ass draft that you have and, you know players feelings being spared and then you have to interview the player about how do you feel about getting drafted this pick or that pick is and then you know and then this this player won the mvp and he was only drafted this it's just it's never ending so at least you go back to you know east versus west so yeah i don't uh i don't care either way but what are your thoughts
2: well i just think it shows they're clutching at straws like they're trying to they're try, they're trying they're trying to figure out
1: how can we fix things? How can we do this? How can we do that? Um, but it just, yeah. I mean, going back to the old way, does it change much? No. I mean, until you, until the game somewhat taken seriously and and, and matters, I think it's not going to matter to the fans. Like, why, why would why would it matter to me as a basketball fan if it doesn't matter to the players? You know, it's you're basically watching a, you know, obviously like. An all-star game, exactly that. It's it's just, just crap. And I think, you know, you don't blame the players. There's not a whole lot of incentive for those games. Maybe you just announced the all-star. This is our all-star 12 and you don't play the game. You know, that that's more the – guys like the all-star part of things because of, of contracts, because of bonuses, because of the, you know, you hold yourself in high esteem that you're an all-star. I don't think the game matters at this point. So I, I wouldn't be – I would not be worried whatsoever if they didn't, didn't even have it at all. But we'll see we'll see how they how they push it we we'll also see how this nba tournament goes uh, as well you know we, we weren't were we not oh, they, they are pushing
0: that tournament hard yeah yeah i every I'm, telecast Yeah,
1: we went high on the plane and we uh, i wasn't at least and i, I, I yeah, in my words I, I think it's been a great thing the tournament i i just i don't know i don't know it's, it's i just can't see it I, being that good
0: Bogues, i think that what they're going to do and i think silver will push this Probably as much as he's pushed everything else, anything else that he's done on the players. Where look, this we really need this with the with the revenue. We could sell this to a we. You know, I don't even know. I'm just I'm just sort of spitballing here, but we could sell this as an additional package to to you know the Bri to another you know a, a streaming service or what have you. You know, going forward, this could be big. We gotta have everybody's attention on this. We gotta in. I don't know how much that's gonna go, although. I forgot about the money they're paying, books. What are they paying each player? Did you have you heard that? What they're paying nah. each player for this? No, nah, is, is, for the is, is winner, some, it's not. It's it's pretty high. It's a million, it's not million or low something like for that? sure. For the winners or something what? like
2: that. Was it a half a million to a million or something for the winners?
0: Something like yeah, something like that. I mean, you know, it makes a difference to some players, but um, they'll push it. I don't know how much they'll actually care. They're not really adding games to the season to it, so. I don't know. I mean even with this injury stuff folks sitting out versus not they're going to get teams are going to get cute with that where they're going to say oh, they're going to say things about you know sitting out versus not I I think that the first year I think they'll they the regular season games, the pool games leading into it may not be exciting. Maybe the first round of games will be I think the finals and the semifinals for this will be pretty exciting I think that the, they'll make sure it's ramped up a little bit I think there's gonna be a hands-on on all hands on deck meeting about this heading into it and saying hey guys we got to sell this we got to sell
2: it yeah
1: it'll be interesting to see uh just another uh, yeah it's gonna take some time if, if it does become good and people like it it's it's gonna be three four five six years away but it seems feels very you know football or soccerish to me um, which is not Not the NBA of the past or what the NBA is about, but they do need to find some meaning out of the regular season, which we've spoken about. The man at regular season games, a lot of these games don't matter. A lot of them aren't competitive. So this might be the formula that at least gives some sort of competitiveness mid-season. So we'll see how that goes. Oz is in the NBA pro real quick. Just go through some stats. Dyson Daniels, decent start, um, four points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, one steal per game. But, you know, 30% from the field and zero from three. Hasn't knocked a three down yet, and we, we spoke about that. He's going to knock one of those down and get more minutes in that rotation. Josh Green, nine, decent week, nine points per game, 2.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, two steals per game, and 40% from three. So a very solid week for Josh, obviously being that role player and got his extension, I think three years in the 40 million. So congratulations to him. Joe Ingalls ice cold, still 16.5 minutes, no points yet to score this season in two games 0 for four from the field, but did have a you know decent game assist wise um, last game, but ends up finishing with 2.5 rebounds and three assists per game over two. Jock Landale played one game, three points in eight minutes, concussion protocol for him. Pro got a head knock. He's out, uh, I guess, day-to-day, but didn't play today in their third game, so should play in their fourth, I believe. You know, I spoke to him about it. Doesn't think it's too serious, but they do take that pretty seriously now in the NBA, as they should. They don't let you come back too early. Paddy Mills, zero minutes over two. Nothing to talk about there. Hasn't played yet. Actually, over three. They just finished their game against Milwaukee. Didn't even get in garbage time there, um, unless he gets in the next minute or two of that game, which is as we speak. Matisse Thibel, they're playing right now. They're getting punched by Philly. 3.5 points, 1.4 rebounds, and 1.7 steals. So not great numbers. He's 38 from three for, um, at the moment. But uh, sorry, that was last season. He was 38 from three. But yeah, not not great numbers at the moment. Josh Giddey, nine points per game, 4.7 rebounds, five assists. Real slow start for Josh Giddey. Uh, not shooting great clips at the moment, but not a lot of ball now with Chad and and obviously SGA. Um, so he's going to have to find, find himself – in spurts where he's going to find other ways to, to get involved and pro we spoke about it last week on fact or fake news. Our Aussie of the week is Ben Simmons and Bogus. call me Bogus, but he had, he had an almost triple double week. He had seven, seven points a game, eight point, 8.5 assists, 10 rebounds, one steal, one and a half blocks, 50% from the field. But one thing he didn't do pro, what was that? Get to the throw line. Correct. So that's still, you know, something that we need to see. And I think not being negative or, or casting shade at him, once once he gets over that line of getting there and knocking him down consistently, which he didn't really do in the preseason either, I think the seven points goes to, you know, 13, 14 potentially. I think he can double his score once he becomes comfortable with getting fouled. One other no pro, a lot of those minutes were at the five spot. So they're, they're, he's getting a steady diet of playing the five in their rotation. Now, Claxton is out hurt. They don't have a lot of bigs. Mm-hmm. Cla- uh, Claxton's coming back, and I've seen Jock Vaughan talking about – he got asked about how do you play Ben when, when when Claxton's back? And he said, that's a good question. We need to figure it out because there's a lot of space out there right now with Ben at the five. So I think you're going to see Ben playing a lot of five this season in those small ball lineups, and mm-hmm. I think it suits him. It negates his, uh, that he's an, a, a, not a jump shooter – um but he's had a pretty good start to the week
2: so it's good to see him out there pro when he gets our first Aussie of, the, Aussie of the week well you said that
0: you said that maybe 2 years ago about he he'll be better served playing in the 5 you were the first guy that I, I heard say it and it makes sense He could be a playmaker out of the you know, out of the short role and you know uh, now i don't think that it'll be interesting if you're in the sh- if he's in the short role how much the teams rotate when they put two on the ball, hit him, and he's playmaking. You know they know that oh, someone's gonna have to follow him. You know you're gonna let him shoot that little 15 foot jumper. If he gets to the rim, you follow him. Do they? You know, but if you over rotate to him, he hits the guys in the corners for spot ups. It'll be interesting, but I th- I think he could be very well served in that. You know, in, in that situation because. In pick and roll coverage, he'll switch so someone else will take the big. It ain't going to be him. So it'll be like it's not like they're going to pound it inside and take advantage of him not being that strong. But um, but it's yeah, quick I think he's I think quick he's and decent, have to play.
1: decently strong. Pro like you know, bar maybe yeah. Embiid or Jokic, he's quick and strong enough to guard yeah. most bigs. Right, you, you know you've only got a few yeah. that are really bulky that are going to back you down and punish you. But I think I think it's a no brainer and I, I like it. I like what they're doing there. Um, you know, I I compare it a little bit to Draymond Green to an extent. You know, Draymond can play the five yeah. for stretches. There's no reason why Ben Simmons can't. Now Draymond's, you know, a better, better shooter or more confident and okay getting to the line. So a bit more um not afraid to get there. But yeah, it just comes down to Ben like like we said, if he knocks down a couple of free throws and then you have him at that five spot, you know, you can't just go to the hacker. I think it creates some issues defensively for other teams, especially if Ben's handling in the pick and roll and coming off screens and, and trying to facilitate for other guys. So it's good to see him start well, and let's hope that continues. But I like the adjustment of having him at the five. And just a small tidbit, Jack White was taken number one in the G League draft um, after a trade. He ends up with, uh, yeah, but he's gone to the Lakers, I believe, in, in a trade. So oh, Texas, okay. Draft, okay. Texas drafted him, and he's gone to South Bay, um, and we will be playing for the Lakers. So that's good to see. So he's staying there. From what I understand, Xavier Cooks is not going to be back in the NBL this season. Stranger things have happened, but I believe he's not going to come back. I think he's going to stay in the G League NBA route or potentially go to Europe. Um, so for everyone wondering mm. about that, that's kind of my mail on that. Moving on to Dabble, the social betting experience. You can follow anyone from your best mate all the way to me, Andrew Bogut, all one word. Give me a follow on there. Copy bets. Jump into the band channel. Talk some shit with other punters. Uh, download the app. And have a dabble. Dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Stats, useful or useless. Got a few this week, Pro. We'll start off mm. with this one. See if you know these. See if you know your Australians in the NBA, Pro. Regular season Probably games don't. played, regular season, not finals, uh, regular season games played in the NBA by Australians, by team. Which team do you think has the most um, Australian that have played for it per game, regular season?
0: Overall or overall, this season?
1: Yeah, overall. NBA history. The
2: teams that have the most NBA Australian history.
1: games played. Australian players playing in um, games.
0: I'm going to say, well, I'll go Milwaukee. Milwaukee's up
1: there. Obviously, good guess because I played 5-600 yeah, there. But I was going
0: to say either Dallas or Milwaukee, but Milwaukee. Dallas? Chris Anstey? They were it?
1: No, so number one is the Spurs. Oh yeah, Patty Mills and Andrew Days yeah. was there. Um, I think they've had a, Gaze was oh, there. Oh, Aaron Baines counts for double when he was there with Patty. So <laughs> they yeah, they've had a few there. Shane yeah. Hill, I think, had a little stint there as well. I don't know how long he lasted, but he was there. Number two, Utah Jazz. So Joe Ingles, Dante Exum. Anyone else? I'm forgetting there. I think it's those two. Um, yeah, I think it's just those two. Milwaukee Bucks. Myself, Joe Ingles. I think he's the only two. And Delhi. Delhi was there for a little bit of a stretch. Uh Philly number four. Ben Simmons, obviously. Chicago Bulls, Luke, Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously Delhi. Um, but yeah, the Spurs at 883 for those wondering. Utah, 805, Milwaukee, 746. Um, and then there's been a few that haven't had any. So they are the Memphis Grizzlies, the Clippers, the Pacers. And someone else that's on the bottom of my list that I cannot it, read. They, they thing,
0: had a chance to take, they had the Clippers had a chance to keep Ingles. He was in, they invited him to a free agent camp. No, he was yeah, in the training had him right camp right there.
1: He it was, it was in training camp, bro. Yeah, yeah, was yeah was training tra- camp. Actual yeah. training camp. He made the cut to the actual training camp day, uh, squad and then they cut him right towards the end of that. He was almost on a plane back to Europe and then uh, Utah called and brought him in and he's ended up being a hundred million dollar player. So, Sliding those fucking doors. training
0: camps.
2: Sliding you know, doors. A little
0: training camp story, folks. You know, Ben Wallace, before he got into the NBA, was in the Boston Celtics training camps or summer camps three times, and they cut him three fucking times, a Hall of Famer. He cut yeah. him three times because Patino, Patino thought if he was going to make it, he was going to be a small forward. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine having a guy in. But Ingles, like, come on now, like – Guys like got size, you could pass lefty, tough. Why wouldn't you keep them? It's interesting, especially but, back then. Man. The
2: Clippers were like desperate for a wing. They had Chris Paul
1: and JJ Reddick, and Matt Barnes was the other guy that they had, but they were desperate for another three point shooting wing. And I think they went yeah. and got, I think, was it Jeff Green? They went and got someone. Oh, uh, no, 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 it was uh Wes Johnson, I think, right? Um, Wesley Johnson, longest, yeah, you could have had Joe Ingles. like that would have been a much better fit. Johnson a bit more athletic, but yeah. not as good a shooter, not a playmaker. All of a sudden, you can take CP out, move ingles. But that was an interesting
2: one when, when they let him go. I thought he'd been really useful for him. But give me a useful, or useless first one of the year, pro. What's up? Useful, or useless? oh, for that? Ah, uh, useful for that, useful yeah. for sure. Yeah, useful. I like it. Fucking I like it. Gaze, just I,
0: I forgot that I, I got San
2: Antonio had gaze, man. Useful. Well, but Gaze playing for the Spurs is
1: used very loosely because there wasn't a lot of playing. It was a lot of, a lot, of, a lot of sitting. He was there. Um, yeah, the, the yeah, snap. He had yeah, the pants on. He was, he was there. He was there. He got, he got, he got you know, the best seat in the house. But uh, I think he, just he, like he,
0: the, I, hey, just like this fucking podcast, I'm here. I don't participate, <laughs> but I'm here.
2: No, you're here. You're on video now. We're getting a lot of feedback. Uh, but Gaze is sure. Gaze played more games for
1: Washington, I believe. So actual played actual games for.
0: I thought he was Seattle too, right? He was Seattle no. too, wasn't he?
1: no Gaze was we, never Seattle no no he was okay. a, he I was thought it was with Washington Seattle when was they were the, when they were the bullets when they were the bullets so um Seattle no Seattle had an Australian player. I don't think they have I don't okay. think they have I know Shane Hill was Minnesota and anyway we move on all right here's one for you most games with 25 points on 70 plus field goal percentage over the last 15 seasons who who do you think would lead that bro 25 plus points last 15 shoot, s- yeah last 15 seasons yep. 25 over 25 points shooting 70% over the last 15 seasons who would have the most
0: woof I'm going to guess Dwight Howard
1: good guess 54 yep number 2
0: oh uh, current player
2: uh and without, not a and not a not a big like not a paint playing
0: big not a big not a paint playing big 70% Seventy percent, not it's actually a big, quite amazing.
1: Nah. This guy's in there to me, um, just because he he shoots a lot of meetings. I'm gonna
0: guess like Sean Marion,
1: the current player. You donkey?
0: Oh, current player. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. um, Boggs. I don't know, man. I, I, got no, I got nothing for you.
1: Kevin Durant. That that's amazing because uh, he shoots a lot of tough shots. So to have him had another one the other night. You know, he's at he's at 48 times. So he's gonna break Dwight's record, I believe but 48 um shooting over 70% with 25 plus points he's, that's impressive for a guy of his magnitude. Now I can understand Dwight. Giannis is 47, mm-hmm. I can understand him and LeBron's 46 you can understand him cuz they're real heavy paint guys, right? And they get to the free throw line. Yeah. But that's that's amazing. That's amazing. So he's eighth all-time in such games. By the way, did you um, see Kevin Durant?
0: Did you see Giannis at the free throw line the other night? No, it's Philly. 3 for 9. Three for nine, but
1: today he's. I nah. think he came back today. I, I, I don't know what he's at now. He was eight to, eight for ten at one point, but they got blasted by. Uh, oh, good, good by Atlanta. I think he bounced back today. Let me just double check it, but which is a good sign that he that he wanted to get back there, right, bro? With that, that's yes. always he was eight for ten today, bro. So he's you know he back.
0: always wants. That's the thing about him. He may not he shoot care. well from it. Yeah, but but he he always doesn't mind getting there, and he's not afraid of it.
1: That's a skill in itself. Like, you know, you have a – yes. take it from me. I've had nights where I've won 0 for 5, 1 for 6. You're almost like, oh eh, shit. Like, how's it going to feel today, you know? And he, he's one of those <laughs> yeah. guys that's like, no, nah, I'm getting straight on your head trying to dunk on you, put me in the line. So um, yes.
2: very commendable, very commendable. And useful or useless on that stat, bro? Uh, that's useful.
0: I think that was pretty interesting with the 70% in games and things like that and the, and the players in which you have done it. Obviously, Dwight Howard was – like, I think we would have both guessed it. But with D- Durant, I just sort of, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't just, just didn't have him on the mind. What do you think on that, Boggs?
2: Yeah, useful. I think it's very impressive.
1: I mean, shoot 70%, mainly the Kevin Durant part of it. Like the other guys, cool. But like Kevin Durant, I just think he takes a lot of tough shots. You look at the, difficulty of the shots that he takes and makes on a nightly basis you wouldn't think he'd be up there you think he'd be a guy that you know he's always around the 40s 50s because he takes some bad ones but he makes those bad ones look easy which is impressive so good for kd and phoenix look like they're doing decently with having him at the helm nbl really close weekend pro i I know you probably didn't follow it too much but uh a lot Mm. going on a lot of news um the Kings not looking good, Pro. Another bad performance by them. Uh, DJ Hoag's first game back from injury, so blood on him. But going up to Cairns and losing to a shorthanded Cairns-type hands, might I add, they lost their point guard at halftime after a heavy fall and still lost, I, I think, just some issues with energy and, and and coming out with a burst at times. It just feels like, you know, obviously being part of the ownership group, feels like at times just we're a very talented roster and we just think, hey – we're going to get there eventually because we're talented. But in this league, you, you can't fall behind the pace for too long there's only 28 games, and, and then all of a sudden you can find yourself in one of those playing spots which you don't want to be in. So they're currently sitting fourth. But Tasmania the week before, Cairns this past week, two grind teams that, that guard, they're long, they're, you know, they, they, they play. Uh, they make you beat them. They're not going to beat themselves We've struggle with. So a lot of improving to go for the Sydney Kings. Illawarra still won at home versus Cairns the game before Kansas game before the Kings was against the down there. Kansas should have won that game. Tyler Harvey Tyler Harvey hits a game winner, almost a walk-off three to win the game, which was an impressive game. Adelaide beating – win in New Zealand, big win for them. They go over there. DJ Vasiljevic has been huge for him, so a great addition to them. to Adelaide. He's really come in and given them a three-point threat and some scoring – Melbourne looking very good. They go 2-0 versus Tasmania and mm-hmm. Lawara. They're top of the table by five. Um, doesn't look anyone's going to catch them towards the end of the season. Brisbane, they're probably their best weekend in recent memory, uh, 2-0. They, they win in Perth, which isn't easy to do, no matter how bad Perth are. It's always hard to win over there. Then they come home and beat Tasmania at home. So very, very good. No Aaron Baines, I think he's back next week. We'll be interested to see what Brisbane do. The fact that they go 2-0, that one of their best weekends in the last probably four or five years. Do they start Aaron Baines or do they keep the roster as is? I think there's a chance that they bring him off the bench and keep things flowing as, as is. Rocco's uh, zakarski's also got some minutes with Baines out, so what do they do with him? So a lot of questions there, but I think that they, they're going to have to make that tough decision. Tasmania go 0-2. I'm putting that down to my curse. That's my curse for, for saying that they were championship favorites last week, pro, so – Put that down as the bogey curse. They go 0-2. Southeast Melbourne go 1-0 uh, versus New Zealand. And New Zealand go 0-2 uh, on the weekend to go dead last in the NBL. I had them in my top four. Um, I thought they'd at least be solid. But some injuries there to deal with. One of the guys has broken their ankle, one of their imports. Cheating them, I think it is. So they've got some roster filling to do. But moving on, I mean uh, – the Perth Wildcats something I want to discuss, Pro, because they're in they're in all sorts at the moment. They are they've got a you know second year coach in John really. Fans are asking for his head. They, uh, apparently, they were booing six minutes into the game against Brisbane on their home floor. They're a very passionate fan base that have had a lot of success for the last you know twenty years. Doesn't seem like they're handling losing too well, Pro. They they don't know how to handle – they've never – well, what is this losing thing? We're not we're not familiar with this, and they're, they're really struggling with it. Apparently, uh, you know, in the, in the NBL Pro, a lot of teams have post-game functions where the coach goes and speaks. Fans booed the coach there. And Bryce Cotton is having a – you know, one of his worst seasons in memory. You know, he's an elite, elite import, one of the best of all time. But mm-hmm. not, not fitting in well. He's shooting 29% from the field on the season – just can't get it going and and my take on this people have asked me is is why what, what do you think is going on i don't think it's as easy to blame the coach look the coach hasn't hasn't been great and he'll tell you the same thing he needs to make some adjustments at times find different rotations find something different the roster construction constructed isn't isn't great in my opinion and the reason why I think Bryce is is shooting a poor percentage, I think he struggles to play with other very talented players that are offensive-minded. Why? Because he's a he's a mass shooting guy. He's uh well, can't say mass shooting. He's a guy that likes to shoot a lot. We get um, you, we get it. Yeah, yeah, uh, likes to shoot a lot. He's a James Harden in Houston type. So you look historically when when Bryce Cotton has played his best basketball. Mitch Norton, Damian Martin, two guards that are not going to shoot the ball unless you really low shot clock playing off and they might hoist one up. They're going to do everything they can to facilitate for Bryce. They're going to try to, how can we get him open? What can we do? Set good screens, handoff actions. We're not going to look for our own shot. They now have young guys in Usher, um, the Webster brothers, guys that are, when they get the ball, they're looking for their shot first. So they're not straight away looking for Bryce, right? So Bryce is, you know, With those squads three, four years ago, Bryce had many games where he started one for seven, one for eight, two for ten. And in the fourth quarter, he'd be seven for seven. He'd find himself and then, bang, they'd win the game. He's not getting that opportunity as much now because he's got other talented players around him. So I think a part of this is I think Bryce is struggling to play with other very good players. He's he's not a role player. He's a a guy that needs the ball, and when he has – Bad shooting nights or seasons, he needs to find his way out of that by getting more shots. Now you don't have Damien Martin, Mitch Norton, those guys that are happy to give up their shots to continue to find you. So I think that's been a huge issue. Um, they have a lot of offensive-minded guys. that don't have guys that are going to play a role, and that's part of the you know how you've constructed the roster. You, you, you know you've got a lot of talent. I look at Perth and I look at I think they're somewhat the Sydney Kings model of old. Um, long before I got there, where the Sydney Kings would just look for a name, hottest free agent of the last season, let's pay him the money and bring him in. That was never a Perth Wildcats thing. They always would bring in specific players under Trevor Gleeson. He's going to play this role. He's tough in this area. He does this. He's not overly talented, but he's going to bring what we need, whereas I feel like the last couple of seasons they've started to look at who can we pay that's the biggest talent. Let's bring them in. Hasn't fit well, and it's hurt Bryce most. Um, and there's a whole lot of issues going over there, going on over there in Perth. Like I said, they're calling for the coach and blah, blah, blah. I think it's still too early for that. People out there need to realize the first championship I Chase Buford, we were three and six. Sydney Kings were three and six at that point, right? They were struggling. The people were like, what's going on? And ended up winning a championship. So sometimes some patience is needed, but I don't see this correcting itself quickly because I just think don't think the roster's good. And to top that all off, you then have Bryce Cotton's wife going on social media and basically <laughs> calling out the coach. Um, Never a good thing. You know, subtly, subtly, the quote, you know, a, apparently a closed Perth Wildcats group chat, but uh, quote, when there's no system within the team, the players don't have clear roles. Not one player has been reliable at the job they are meant to do. It's pretty hard to thrive when you're the most heavily scouted player in the league, which is Bryce Cotton. But that doesn't help things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know 2 days before that Bryce you know put the blame on himself at a press conference and said it starts and ends with me 2 days later that comes out that's not a good thing either so a lot of turmoil in Perth but just my thoughts people have asked what do I think is going on over there i think they're still a very proud club a great fan base that's passionate but i think that's the reason they 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 just don't have the right role players around and i think Bryce struggles with other star players that can kind of be near to what he is and deferring at times because he needs he needs those shots to, to play his way out of slumps. And right now, you know, at the end of the day, John really can't make shots for Bryce Cotton. You know, John really, the head coach, can't get him to shoot better than 29% until he does. So I think Bryce will find it eventually. He's, he's that good of a player. But to solely blame one person for their demise right now is a bit harsh. Um, I'll give it another five or 10 games and then see where they sit. But a uh, bit of turmoil out there in Perth, bro.
0: Boggs, you know, I think you hit it right on the head when you're constructing the team. It's not an 82 game season where even if you bring in all these guys, you have a long time to sort of figure things out. I think you know with 28 games, and and you know how international teams are, you know, Euro teams and things are, are constructed. They're not constructed on a bunch of guys that want to take shots. It's you know, you get that one player or two players, and then everybody else is just sort of role guys and if you have a situation where everybody wants to take shots, you know, that's a normal thing trying to just sign players versus build a team. And I think it's, it's a tough way to build a team if you have a lot of guys that need the ball in their hand and they need shots, they need shots, they need shots. I think you have to have a situation where you have all these, a lot of these players that screen well, make open shots, but don't really need the ball in their hands constantly. And... Then when you start getting turmoil of family members start, you know, going on social media, I think it just, it adds to it. I think there's a lot of pressure on people to perform. And I think when you have weak links in this that either start popping off in the media or popping off in social media, you know, on top of things, they've got a very short window to get this thing right. And I think that by blaming one person or blaming a system or whatever, I think. You gotta figure things out and and just sort of get together and say, look, this is this is the pecking order of things. This is where we need it. And these, you know, some players gotta the problem is you should have had these conversations probably a month ago or six weeks ago. Not, you know, not having these conversations in November about like roles. I think right off the bat you need to sort of set this thing up. But um Bogues, the coach, uh, you said second year. Where's he from? Australian guy? Is he Australian, an Interport? NBL. Where,
1: where, he'd be Australian NBL legend, you'd call him. It was a really good NBL player back in the day. Uh, was coaching over right. in, in the collegiate system over there in, um, in the U.S. for a number of See. years, and then part of the – he was a little bit with the – supposed to be with the Boomers for the 21 right. um, Olympics, and then right at that point he got the – coaching job of perth so they said look we want you to stay back and not go to olympics and start helping with with building the club so very right you know he's a basketball junkie this guy's like uh, absolute but loves the game we'll talk at 24 7 and it's just about figuring things out has he done a great job no but he'll, he'll tell you the same thing he'll say look i need to do a better job with with getting us to win games he judged on wins and losses but i think you know when you look at that roster. They they just you know it's it's a big difference from from what they were in the past for as, as far as Bryce's performance. But you've got a lot of young go getters. You know I, I think a, something that wasn't great was Usher scoring thirty five in the first game. You know he's one of their younger younger mm-hmm. imports they're brought in from overseas. But he comes in right. and scores thirty five opening night, thinking oh the NBLs <laughs> this is this is easy this is light work, and then he's been pretty bad since then. Um and you have a bunch of other young guys. even Sar's a Nick star, but he's trying to prove himself and 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 not so much get he's not a doesn't seem like a stat chasing player, but he wants to play he wants to create and show what he can do and then you've got the Webster brothers who are both you know Corey especially as an offensive gunner that's what he does, and he's done a pretty good job of that but you know that's why that's why there's some frustrations with Bryce's performance I think from him probably not getting as much touches as he used to under those guys, but yeah, it's never a good thing when you when you have wives or spouses and thank God my wife doesn't know shit about basketball nor does she want to, but you know, mm-hmm. she, she knew that, you know, she's not on social media neither. God bless her, which is great, but she never would have gone on social media regardless of, of, of anything. And I think that's, there's a line there. And I think family members going on social media and calling out coaches and GMs, I think it's a no go for me personally. Uh, that's the way mm-hmm. I stand on it. I think it's, there's nothing good that can come out of it. Uh, and you know it's you know obviously coming from the player, so then just man up and say it yourself. Like if you've got something to say, don't don't say it, tell it to your wife or your brother or your uncle, and then have that poster. Just say it yourself, or don't say anything at all. So I'm I'm kind of against it in your book, as well. Of like you know nothing, nothing good comes from it. So it it's gonna be interesting to see how how they go. But you know the NBL season is short, but it's not the end of the world for them. They are. They are sitting towards the bottom of the ladder, but you go on a 3-4 game win streak and you're back in the mix, and especially with the way the playing works mm-hmm. now where it's top six, you never know, but uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting. And, and look, every NBL team's had some turmoil already this season for the most part, Bar Melbourne United, you know, Delhi's out with concussions, so they're dealing with some injuries, but most teams have had these ups and downs, and I think it's going to be one of the closest years in the NBL that we've seen. I don't think it's just going to be an outright pencil someone in to win it. Melbourne are the clear favorites and playing very good basketball right now. Um, very good mix of youth and veteran leadership. And Huck Port is playing really well. Is projected to go in the NBA draft next season, but uh, it's going to be a real close season for us, Pro. So I think, um, I think that you know it'd be very, very fun to watch.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. It just, I think the league will be good. I, you know, I think teams sometimes have got to figure themselves out, but I think it'll be a pretty interesting deal for sure. Agree. All right.
2: Fact or fake news? I got one for you, Pro. Before you get get me get okay. yours. Out
1: of the six undefeated teams in the NBA, one of them will win a championship. That is, undefeated teams as of current, pro Indiana Pacers, Boston Celtics, Orlando Magic, Denver Nuggets, Dallas Mavericks, New Orleans Pelicans. They're the only undefeated teams left. An NBA champion will hmm. come from one of those undefeated teams, pro fact or fake news?
0: I'm going to say fact.
2: So, Boston Even though or Denver had, it is. Of course, Bo- Boston or Denver?
0: Yeah. This ch- <laughs> Yeah, this changes weekly with me. I think the last week I had Phoenix winning it. I fucking I hate this almost as no, much just as just out I hate
2: of those All-Star six games.
0: out of those six, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm saying like I had yeah. Phoenix. They yeah, they lost now. the game already. Now I'm now I'm going against it. I say fact, I think uh I think Denver is going to win it to be honest with you, but you know. I say fact. I'm going to
1: take the field I'm on go to fake news. Just take the field. Um I did pick Boston. I did pick Boston to win it, but mm-hmm. I'm going to just take the field just because I got better odds, bro. <laughs> not not that
2: the other. No doubt
1: about not it. that. There's 26 teams that are viable. There's only probably another two or three outside of it. But uh, <laughs> I do like Phoenix. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go with controversial pick just to go against you. But I think, yeah, look, I think Denver's playing really well. They've they've actually impressed me a little bit. I thought they'd have a bit of a championship hangover. I think losing Bruce Brown was big, but they've they've not missed a beat, and Jokic is well, they, in contention for MVP again.
0: Yeah, and, and like we're talking about the the young guys are going to have to play a lot of minutes. We, you know, Brown's obviously someone. Brown's someone who people talk about, but another guy that I mentioned in the past that I've I've actually studied pretty deeply in the last couple last week or so is um, Peyton Watson. He's a, a second year guy out of UCLA. He's like, he's like a sort of a poor man's Dorian Fenny Smith. He's like six, eight, long arm, um, you know, long arm defender, um, okay shooter, but more of like an off ball player defender. He, he had 17 today for them. Um, and he's one of those guys who didn't play any minutes all basically all G league last year. I, I thought that he should have been, you know, they, they should have sort of leveled him up slowly, but he's going to be thrown in the fire. But I think again, I, I do think that it, at first it's a little bit of a shell shock deal but i think going forward when those guys start playing heavy minutes compared to what they're used to be playing it's it's going to be a beneficial thing and they're going to get better so i mean you got everybody good intact you did lose green and brown but you know these other young guys are coming on pretty strong i know it's only 3 games in but yeah i i i i think that uh I think denver's going to be tough
1: yeah I, I agree they're playing really well um but
2: yeah, I'll go fake news. You go fact. What do you got for us?
0: I got two. Uh, first one, Chicago. There's uh, there's going to be another catast. There's going to be another catastrophic event. Could be a, f- a coach firing. Could be play revolt, or it could be player. You know, another players only meeting in the next. Uh, you know, until the end of the season. One of those three things are going to happen. Fact or fake news?
1: Oh, fact! They're going to have another players-only meeting. That's a that's a box tick. Yeah. Um, is it is it to the point where something catastrophic where they try to you know get together and who was that team? Was that Detroit a couple of seasons? yeah? It was like eight years ago. With they- that was
0: Detroit with Charlie Villanueva because I remember talking to Charlie <laughs> V about it. Yeah. Um, who was a coach? Was it? Uh, I the coach was-, was a white dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: For his name. But they basically oh, orchestrated a,
1: a boycott of shoot around and but then half the guys yeah. still showed up.
0: <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen happen. Like, you yeah. don't do that. You know, I would rather, and I'm not a big fan of this either, but I'm I'd rather just all go to the like do what LeBron and those guys tried to do with um with Spolstra like 20 games into the season in Miami. Just go to the GM and say, look, we got he's gotta go. And I'm not a fan of that by any stretch, but I respect that a lot more than like, that's some third grade shit. Like not like player revolt. We player revolt revolting. Like you may not like the coach, but you're still a professional. But again, here we are with players not showing, they're doing their own boycotts. Like one player at a time boycott. We're not doing team stuff, but a player doesn't like a team or a coach. He did. They just sit out. Um, you know, yeah, the Bulls, the, team, look,
1: the Bulls have some veterans that are, you know, Drummond. You never know. He, he's still trying to play to stay in the league, so I doubt he. But Levine can be a bit of a problem from that front from what we hear. Caruso is pretty solid. The Rosen, you don't really hear a whole lot of negative stuff around him, but he seems like a guy that would keep pretty quiet on stuff. But, you know, Vucevic can get frustrated with no touches. And they have a bunch of young guys, Kobe Bryant, Patrick Williams, that are trying to find their way. Um so I, I don't know. I, I don't think it goes boycott. It's
0: probably one of the other two. It's probably one yeah. of the other two. It's probably either coach.
1: I think. I think they. Because the, it's not. But what are their aspirations? Do they really think they're they're like a, you know, if you're the GM or you're a fan of the Bulls, like, do you really think you're a top six team in the East, like
2: with this roster?
0: No, I, I do think that. From top to bottom, organizations are usually delusional about where they are. The GM is blaming the coach if they're not doing well, of course, not always, but if they're not doing well, the GM's blaming the coach. Coach is, you know, blaming the GM and the players they brought in and things. And to be honest, I think Billy Donovan's a good coach. I think um I think on paper what they did before when they brought in Ball, DeRozan, Vucevic, I thought they were all good moves. Um Patrick Williams didn't really, you know, hasn't really panned out. Kobe White really hasn't panned out. levine has been a guy who could score points, hasn't really been a winner yet in his career, but he's been putting up points. Now with Ball being out and it's just not a great fit. I think that right now, you know, that the, it you know how it is Bogues, in the NBA. Players blame coaches, coaches blame players and GM, GM usually blames coach. It's all a uh, you know, it's all who can get to the guy first, who can get to the owner first and, you know, sort of shed all this blame everywhere else. And it it, it becomes, and that's why I like good organizations like the heat, like the Spurs, like, you know, golden state, you know, the, you know, Boston to a certain degree, like everybody stays together on this through thick and thin and, and it gets thin a lot, way more than it gets thick. And, you know, you got to stick together on this stuff. But when you start having weak links and you, you know people start blaming and things, that's where it goes bad. I mean, I think the only thing they could do right now is deal Vucevic for whatever you can deal him for, deal DeRozan for whatever you're dealing for. Um, maybe you maybe you revolve this team around Levine. I don't know. I, I, I don't think Levine's that kind of guy. I think he needs to be your second or third best player, you know, for him to be really good. But I don't think this roster, I don't think the players are going anywhere. I think they gotta. I think they got to reshuffle the deck, to be honest. I don't think there's really a move out there they can make that to, to really get them better.
1: Yeah, agree. And then the ball thing, like, you know, we had the offseason stuff saying he's going to be right and he's still not there. That's a big, big out for them, especially when they constructed the roster. They were looking at more defensive-minded, grindy kind of. On the defensive end, they'd have enough to kind of – be the opposite of not having as much offensively, right? You could balance it out a little bit, Caruso and these kind of guys, but we haven't really seen that. And they, um, yeah, I think they're they're, they're close to a blow. I mean, Vucevic could be a really good piece for someone. Uh, I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but is he is he is he contracted long term? Could he could he be a buyout candidate? I got it
0: right here, but Bo- I got it right here, Bogue. So uh, Vucevic is going to be eighteen five this year, twenty million next year, twenty one point four. Uh, the, or 21.5 and 25, 26. So, um, I mean, not a bad contract if you're thinking about it. Like, right around 20 million, you know, right around 20 million a year for a guy who basically puts up 17 and 11 and shoots 35 from the three. You know, it's not too bad. Um, not not a bad contract. Guaranteed, it's not something though. like Harden yeah. where
1: they're all guaranteed where, no yeah, options. Not
0: making 35.
1: What's up? No options, all guaranteed. No, I thought he'd be caught towards the tail end of it, where someone could, you know, maybe he's got one year left after this season. Someone can bring him in, you know. But no,
0: didn't they? Ju- I think they just extended him. To be honest, yeah, out I didn't see. It if I missed that. am not. Yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah he, I mean, I he could he be. You know, I'm thinking the Porzingis, not as not as high as Porzingis, but that kind of goes to a yeah. team that's right there, and then maybe puts him over the top. Who knows? But uh, they've got some valuable pieces, but on on big contracts. I think they got to go. You know, I, I kind of don't know why they went that route with, with the Rosen and whatnot, but that was a they thought it was going to work. I thought, you know, at best it's getting you an eight, seven seed, maybe, maybe a six seed. They, they had a great run at one point in the season last season. <laughs> they just absolutely plateaued. But like long term yeah. wise, you're not really you're just there. You're in the mix, but you're not. You, no one's ever going to be like, oh, they're no. one or two pieces away from a championship. No way. So, but they uh, no. yeah. F- I, back back to your question. In fact, they're going to have another bit of turmoil this season.
0: Yeah, they will. They will. All right, last one, Bogues. Okay, so let's just talk about the Harden trade for a second. And, and I'm tired of fucking talking about it, to be honest with you, but we'll put it in a fact and fake news question. So say he's going to go to the Clippers. The deal is either – let's just say it's going to be Terrence Mann and Norman Powell, okay, and whatever picks. I don't care what the picks. The Philadelphia 76ers will win more games with keeping James Harden into their lineup going forward just for a whole season versus making the trade for Terrence Mann and Norman Powell for James Harden. Fact or fake news?
1: Fake news just because I think Harden's – how committed is he going to be if he plays? You know, um, that's my concern. Okay, say
0: he's – Yeah, let's just say in this fictitious world that he's all in. He's like, all right, fuck it, which he won't be. But if he's – In a perfect world, in a vacuum, they play in the bubble again for a whole season, and they, (laughs) in like, no distraction, you know, staying at Disney, all that. One year, what do they win more games with? They win more games with James Harden in the lineup or without it?
1: For man and pal, that's a tough one, because I think Max is starting to come into his own.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's a tough
1: one. That's a real tough one, because – yeah, I mean if if Harden's committed and I don't think he was that committed last season. He he was kind of up and down like a yo-yo. But if it's Harden fully committed Harden ready to go, locked in, at least not a not a cone on defense um and and high level offense, then then I would I would say um that Philly would 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 do very, would do better. But yeah, on the mental makeup and that if you put that asterisk in, I I'd I would say fact yeah. Philly would win more games, but without that um, I like the, they got insurance policies, and I think Philly's constructed his roster in a way that I think they can they can definitely get some stuff back that'll be helpful for them. But they need to get on with it too. Like I, I don't know if you watched the Philly games, the Philly game against Milwaukee. I watched portions of it, but Embiid was kind of I don't know what the hell he was doing in different portions of that game. He threw this turnover late game, <laughs> like he tried to do a one handed tip pass at the three. Defensively, he was not engaged yeah. at all, letting letting Lopez just roam on the three and hit big threes. It just looked like he was kind of out there. Um, got his numbers, put up stats, but I mean, th- there's every chance that this goes this goes poorly and they don't get back a good return and win games. That he does he ask out at some point, you know? Like, does he just say, you know what? Like, this shit's getting old for me. Um, even though I think it's it's his team now. Like, there's no Ben Simmons to say, hey. Ben's fault. Hey, it's James's fault. Like, this is his team, and he's, he's supposed to be the MVP of last season, right? So, and you look at the growth of Jokic, you know, you hate to compare to Jokic, but Jokic going from that season where they didn't win anything, it was MVP to where he jumped that next off season to come back even better and and win it again, and and they go through that whole thing and then doesn't win the championship that season, then comes back and finally wins it. I don't see that so far with Embiid. Like, you know, do you see him win an MVP in the next two seasons after an MVP bout? No, but I think a lot of that, yeah, I'm just concerned about Philly watching watching that. I think they'll be good still, but their best player is kind of not always locked in.
0: Yeah, I mean, Embiid's a, a concern with that for sure. I mean, the guy who's going to put up numbers, but he put up like 33 and 10 last year. I mean, he always puts up numbers. He always finds a way, but there's always a some type of a non-serious part of it. Not for a full course of a game, but so for some some, you know, sometimes in minutes he does play a little weird and strange. I do think I say fake news. I say they're gonna win more games without Harden. I like where Maxi is as far as where his game's going. And I like I like having guys that don't necessarily need the ball in their hands all the time. If you can get if you can get Norman Powell, you can get Terrence Mann. You could spread this talent out. It makes you a deep team. You know, look, Beverly's good on backup minutes. You got DeAnth- uh, You got Melton. You got Ubre. You know, guys that could sort of score. You got Tobias Harris. Then you throw in Norman Powell and Mann, and then obviously with the Embiid deal, I do worry about Embiid. I think he's going to ask out. That's just sort of the merry-go-round that goes around the NBA books, right? You get drafted. You signed your second deal. A year or two into your second deal, you're like, eh. You know, now, now Embiid's been there for obviously a lot longer than that. But I think it's just where where the NBA society is as far as moving. Um, but I do think that they – I like their team. I did watch the Milwaukee game, and I watched a little bit of their, uh, um, their second game. I didn't watch their game today. But I do like them because – the ball moves like that ball does move now when it gets to Embiid it doesn't really move but Maxi wants to move it he can score he's exciting he's like he gives you some energy that Harden doesn't give I don't think he's got the basketball IQ Harden's got obviously he's not as older he's not as older experienced but he doesn't have the passing that, that, that Harden has but he could really score pick and roll isolation he can make shots you know, PJ Tucker's getting up there, so having Norman Powell there, having Terrence Mann there can give, you know, can give him some break, get, sort of takes some off his shoulders and his plate. I, I just think that they're gonna be deeper. Ubre had a huge night, his first night. I think he had something like twenty plus. Um he was a little cold today, but you know, but I just think if you add more pieces and look, Max is the Clippers your player going forward. forward.
2: Is it the Clippers yeah, reportedly saying that, that, no?
1: What's up? Who's saying no to that? Who's reportedly saying no to that deal? Is it the Clippers or
2: Philly?
0: Clippers are saying no right now, but they want Man, right? they see, want to keep Man. Yeah, they is want that, to keep Man. Yeah, yeah, they want to keep Man. So even if Man isn't in the deal, you get Norman Powell and somebody else. It's probably going to be Covington if I had a, if I had a guess. If it's not going to be Man, I think Norman Powell is huge there because he's just another guy he could score. He could depend on him. He doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands. He can score. Um, Think he's been there before, anyway. If I'm not mistaken,
1: he has. I, I like. Oh, no, him no, as no. A, that's Covington. Yeah, Covington. Covington's been there before.
0: I know Covington's been there. I thought Norman Powell was there. My mistake. Philly, but um, Toronto. I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Toronto. You're right. I, I do think that he's a good player. I like where he's at. I think that they need to make a move. And look, if you're gonna go forward with Maxie, he's gonna be your player, and he's your he's your Plan B if 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 Embiid's gonna leave. Now it's Maxi. You don't have to worry about this. They need to make a move with this Harden thing because, like you said, he's not going to be locked in. It's over with that. That's done. Why keep him around? It's not really fair to Nick Nurse. You know, like he he's got to answer these questions. He's the only one answering questions about, uh, <laughs> you know, what's James, uh, you know, status. This gotta be Daryl Morey and Elton Brand. Like, those guys gotta come to the forefront. And I know there's not a lot of information to be had, but the head coach really can't be I mean, I I know he's the easiest guy to get to, but like as far as like answering these questions every day, I think sometimes it's pointless, you know? It just it just you know. But I do I do think they'll win more games if they have another guy going forward and making a move versus just having him in the lineup. Okay, uh,
1: but then you got also James fitting in with the with the Clippers. Like, who goes to the yeah. Russ goes to the bench. Is James coming off the bench? Like, how do you fit all that in? You know what I mean? There's going to be someone's someone's going to come off the bench there. So you'd probably think Russ would get moved, right? And they'd start James at the one, or do they keep him as a six man role? Ah, oh,
2: man, I don't know. I mean, well, Kawhi's playing the four at the
1: moment, right? On 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 paper, right?
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. you said it too, Bogues, Like. I don't know. Like you said, like the role, you don't want to be Carmelo Anthony, you know, not taking a role or having this sort of, you know, perception around you as a player. It's like your credit rating, right? As a player, just a bad, just having a bad. You're not rolling into the sort clip and saying
1: like, 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 hey, I want, I want, you know, I want all the ball usage. <laughs> We've got Paul George yeah. and Kawhi. You know, so like what do you yeah, want us it, to do, dude? You know?
0: And also, he, look, he's put up numbers in the playoffs but he hasn't really been dominating in the playoffs. Really. He's been okay. Um but but I think in the playoffs you do need that other guy. You know, you got you got Leonard there, you got you know, you got the players you got there, Paul George and, and Kawhi. You need that other guy that when they shut those guys down, you know, in team's game plan, you need that other guy that could really explode. And he could be it. I know he had a very, a very, you know, the last couple of playoffs he's been in, it hasn't been Up great. Yep. So, yeah, he's been very sporadic with that. I don't know, man. i mean, I mean, you you just said it with with the NBL. Like sometimes you get addicted to bringing in names, and maybe maybe they think the Clippers think that like that's their move that brings them over the top to, to win a championship. And I think that the Clippers constructed as they are right now could, could win a championship if they're healthy and that they, they stop the, the stuff that they've been doing in the past with, you know, resting guys, obviously the NBA's is putting those rules, but I don't think they need to make this move, but sometimes you get, you get addicted to it. You know, we got to make this move at the deadline. We got to do this. It will put us over the edge. You know, I'll be honest with you, Bogues. A lot of these moves that are made at the deadline, like or these like guys that are like put on free agency. You know how they get cut, and these 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 teams pick them up for the playoffs. It never tends to work. The only thing that it worked is when they traded for Kawhi in the off season, going into that championship mm. year. They didn't acquire him at the trade deadline. It's a lot of it's a lot of things that you got to put in, like to get acclimated with your team in a small amount of time. So sometimes when like, oh, I got to make this trade, we got to make this trade, we got to make this move. Sometimes it's better just to stay pat and the, the, the trade that you don't make, sometimes a lot, of, a lot of times is better than the trade that you do make, you know? So I don't know, it'll be interesting.
2: It will be.
1: Yeah, and no, I'm I'm interested to see uh, you know, how the Clippers as a dark horse pick just based on, with some of the sports betting stuff here, just based on the loan management rule. I, I like them as well. If they actually played 70, you know, 65, 70 plus, they'll be in the mix. And go on for the playoffs, so watch that space anyway. Pro next week off, we'll give you the week off, man. We're going to go to every two weeks from now on, um, just to space it out a little bit more. Some weeks are quiet, some weeks aren't, and uh, we'll get more basketball news in a fortnight, pro. All
0: right, great. So we'll see you guys at Victor Wembenyana's 30th birthday, guys. So you know, next time we <laughs> get way, on, we'll be
1: good. My dark horse pick for, for defensive player of the year, my, you know, it's very slight chance, but he started off well, He's he's
2: had a couple of two blocks, two steals, some deflections, like he's, you know.
0: And I told you, Brian Scalabrine, uh was listening to the radio the other day. I listened to their show every day, him and Frank Isola on Sirius Radio, and he uh, shouted you out. You're the one guy that said the Clippers will get a finish set. You Lakers. had him at 10th, books? The, the Lakers, yeah. You had yeah, him but at I also had,
1: I also had Memphis at, I think, four because of the, the John Morant thing. I kind of bombed on that. I t- I forgot it was 25 games. But – um yeah, I don't. I don't like the Lakers. I just. I don't like the way they play. I don't. I don't. Like, I don't they don't. Need- they don't move the ball. Like it's very, very nineties ish. They kind of just dribble it up and throw it ad or LeBron, and it's like LeBron gets out in the open floor a little bit, but I just don't like it. And then they just hot potato that thing, and someone has to make a play. They don't really. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of them. They'll probably probably be above ten, but I just thought I'd be a bit controversial because I'm not a fan of them. Appreciate Scalabrini calling me out for it, which is good.
0: Yeah, it's it's great. When I told you the first thing was, you were like, "Was he fucking with me, or or was he like, you know, was he going at me?" I go, "No, no, no. He, he was actually like, 'Cause everybody's, it's unbelievable that you would think that the Lakers. Now, look, they made that run, Western Conference Finals, all that, but like, they had a little luck with that too. But to say they're gonna win it based on the moves they made, no, they don't win. What it. moves did they? What moves did they make that like were this great move, like?" Like I thought their moves they made at the trade deadline were great last year with Vanderbilt and whatever and getting and making the moves they made they got off of Westbrook but like 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 Christian wood you know getting, um you know, I'm not really a huge fan of Vincent, but like you know Torian and Prince is okay you know I don't know I just no, they, don't they I think, don't, think the west is packed
1: what do they do what is their what is their when you say Lakers basketball right now, what do they do? Like you know, the Warriors are running guard. They're going to push the ball. They're going to look for threes. A lot of, yeah. a lot of, a lot of. You know, you know, the Celtics are going to. You know, what do the Lakers do? That's that's what I look at. I'm like, what do they do? I feel like Russell gets it into shot clocks a lot and has to make a make a play. LeBron obviously is pushing in transition, and then AD when he has a night, they've got a chance, but it's not consistent. So, and then the, you know, Vincent was a decent pickup, but. Who knows? I think he flourished in that Miami system. So I don't know. I I just don't have him high. I think the West is super deep. I think you look at what Dallas is doing, it's early, but Dallas, New Orleans are playing good basketball right now. So even the Spurs, like they're going to be a bottom four team, we think, but they're even competitive, man. Like they pushed Dallas to the edge. Probably should have won that game in hindsight. Um, so, there, there's a, lot, there's a lot going on, and I just think the West is super deep. If they were out east, different story. But, and, but you know, everyone everyone always has the Lakers top four, top five, especially with all the ESPN stuff and all that kind of stuff. LeBron's on the team. But LeBron, is almost 40. You know, AD hasn't played a lot of games. I factored it on that as well. I'm like, LeBron's probably going to pick up a little soft tissue injury. is definitely going to have some sort of, you know, knee to knee, and he's going to miss 10 games here or there. And, um, you know, we had him at one point almost falling out of the – out of the 10 last season remember like they were mm-hmm. they were in all sorts and then they made a little run and and, and got respectable to seven you know they, they could have been out again so I'm not, I, I'm not hiring them But i
0: had them where yeah i had them where you where you have them this year i had them last year i had yeah. them at like 10 11 last year and yeah. i'm it just it, look it, it's give it to lebron and give it to ad and hope things happen d'angelo russell is on his own page guy just jacks up shots I think Austin Reeves is tremendously overrated as far as where they really view him. He does help them. Look, he's what, a second round pick or an undrafted player? I, I forgot. But like he just plays hard. You know, he
1: plays hard on a team that doesn't have guys that play that hard. <laughs> that's yeah. why I think that's yeah. why I think he looks like he's this he's a good player, but I think he looks yeah. even better because he actually like, he actually try, like, he he's, he's guarding. He does he's, play hard. He gets in the paint. He's falling over, whereas a lot of their guys aren't going to do that. They're just kind of like, I oh, get to my spot, get to my jumper. Like, it's just kind of more cruise control. So then you have one guy on their team like, holy shit, this guy's flying all around the place. <laughs> it looks like he's, like, way better than he is, in my opinion.
0: I, I do have both LeBron and AD on my fantasy team. How about this, folks? So last week, I'm doing the draft, and I get fucked by Yahoo every year. Like, I <laughs> – they're like pressing the draft button sometimes gets stuck. So like, and and a lot of times you got to go into the last second of who you want to draft. So it's like early round first pick. Um, I picked Durant. So I'm good. there. second pick comes around and ADs there and I want Booker. So the fucking thing gets stuck. I want Booker. I'm trying to draft. (laughs) And what happens is they just go by the ranking of how they rank them. So, A.D. was the next guy ranked, and I'm trying to fucking draft Um, – I'm trying to draft fucking Um, – I'm trying to draft somebody else, and he fucking goes there. I'm trying to draft Booker, and he fucking draft A.D., and then I'm trying to draft Fox, and fucking I draft Le- – they, they draft LeBron for me. So going to the ninth round. Now, I've drafted Harrison Barnes eight straight drafts. Eight straight drafts I draft Harrison, and I always – take a video of me drafting him and send it to him. So this year I'm trying to like be funny and doing it. And I can't get it again, the fucking draft button. So they give me Horford. I send it to him and he starts laughing and he scores 33 on the first night. Yeah, yeah, I and I was that like, idea. and I said, I said, you're welcome for the motivation, motherfucker, but fucking HB. Fuck. But that's
2: all I all got, right, man. Folks. All good. We'll see you next two weeks. I, you Americans say bi-weekly. We say fortnight. So we'll see you in a fortnight. I'll see you in fortnight.